two of the Bill Michaels Show. Glad to have you back. Welcome to all of you listening to us on our fine and ever-growing group of network stations. Thanks to those of you in Shawano and Clintonville. WMAM in Menominee and Marinette. Love those people up there. As a matter of fact, I uh, heard back from the uh, Forgotten Fire Winery people in Peshtigo. They've got that Moscato, so I had to order me uh, and say, hey, 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 let me know. i gotta get got to get some bottles of that Moscato here before I leave on vacation, so I'm going to do that. Uh, our friends in Rice Lake, 1240 a.m. there. Our friends in Wausau, a.m. 1230 there. Love it. Our friends in Viroqua, obviously, Ernie and the gang, always listening. Lacrosse, Eau Claire, good stuff. Obviously, our flagship station out of Madison, The Zone, 1670 AM, 96.7 FM. Friends in Platteville as well. We continue to grow and get bigger. Love it. And the mighty AM 920, blasting the big 920 in Milwaukee. Cannot forget about our uh, newest affiliate, and that is the big 920 out of Milwaukee, uh, now on board uh, six months. Six months. Love it. Love to be back on the air in Milwaukee. So... The argument going back and forth yesterday uh, during the Brewers game is I'm sitting on the couch after we got off the air and I'm watching the end of the Brewers game. Uh, and obviously Christian Yelich drops down a bunt. All right? Drops down a bunt. And the first time a sacrifice bunt had been dropped down off of the bat of one Christian Yelich since 2014. Right? Okay. So there were some. Like Robert, who said this contract, it's a disaster for the Brewers. John came back, simmer down. The dude has the ability to be the MVP again. I got one from Newitt, who says, let's not jump to conclusions. Alex says, he's never going to be the MVP we paid for. He's not hanging out with Braun anymore. He is never going to be able to hit the ball with power anymore. Matty says, go away. He's hitting the ball on a rope. He will be an MVP in the next two years. Kurt, K-I-R-T, by the way, K-I-R-T. Kurt says, MVP in the making, he'll do it again. Zach, no way. He is going to be a money pit. He's awful. Okay, two extremes there. Two extremes there, right? So I thought, you know what? Rather interesting. Rather interesting discussion. So I thought I'd bring it to the masses. I bring it to the people. That's what we do. That's what we do. When we have things like this, bring it to the people. Now, remember, when Christian Yelich, when he ended up signing with the Brewers for that long-term extension, that was like minutes before they shut it down for COVID, right? Just minutes. So he signs the deal. They make the announcement. Christian Yelich is back. He's better than ever. He signs the contract. And then all of a sudden, everything just begins to fall apart, right? Okay, so go back through Christian Yelich's years. And coming off of that season that he hit above 320, he gave you close to 40 home runs. He's been nothing short of fantastic, right? I think we can all agree upon that. He's been nothing short of fantastic. No problem. So you tell me, is Christian Yelich's statistics... And going back to when he hit that 320-plus mark to, you know, when he signed the deal, right? Signed the deal. And then after that, 
And obviously, he was coming off of the knee injury. After that, had not done a whole lot. And this year, in the midst of this season, much like last year, remember, he went on a three-week tear last year where he was hitting the ball pretty well. We all thought, Christian Yelich is back. Here we go. And then struggled the remainder of the season. He's also struggled in the postseason. You tell me what you think of that contract. I mean, he right now, he's roping. He's not hitting for power, but he's roping. But remember, the contract itself, right, the contract itself, when you look at Christian Yelich, the contract itself at that particular point in time was actually a little undervalued. 2018, he hits 326. 329 in 2019, right? 130 games, hurt the knee, out for the remainder of the season. But that was when he was coming off of 44 home runs, 329 batting average. He also had, in that year, three shy of RBIs of 100. The year before, he had 110. An OPS of 1.1. 1. 1.zip 1. 1. the, fo- the previous year. You know? All of that. And you're like, that's when he signed the deal. So he's now in the third year of that deal. And in most recent history, he's been batting pretty well. He's got a two fifty two batting average, three seventy nine sluggage, three forty one on base percentage. The OPS, power numbers wise, leaves a little bit to be desired, sitting at seven twenty. So you tell me, is that contract a good deal or a bad deal? Do you think he has MVP ability in himself still? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. Um, Rick says I think Jordan Love has a better uh, shot at being a quality starter than Yelich ever getting back to an MVP form. Wow! Wow, that's an emphatic no. Wow. Uh, Brentley says whoever thought the contract was a disaster obviously doesn't understand logic. He uh, took a massive discount to stay here. I don't know how people forget that. Uh, is there a chance for him to get close to his MVP seasons again? Maybe. But he's also going to be 30 next year. So logical thinking says produ- production will slow down. I bet if he signed with the Yankees, he would be making 35 to $40 million a year, if not more. Right now, Brentley, I will say this. Between the ages of 27 and 31 is your peak. So he's going to be 30 next year. Correct? Which means this season, next season, and the season after really are his, the physicality where the apex of your physical peak hit and your knowledge intersect before you start to have that physical ability to climb with physicality, uh, hand-eye coordination, visibility of eyes, all that kind of stuff. So all of that being said, you would assume if this year he really has a good second half of the season and helps propel this team deep into the postseason, that you could say maybe going into the next season, yeah. Now, again, you got a long way to go before that would happen. But what is more likely, that that contract? And, and again, it's not, and I agree with you, Brentley, it's not the albatross that everybody seems to think it is. It, he is the highest paid player, don't get me wrong. But he could have signed for a lot more elsewhere at the time and chose to take that contract for a little bit less money to stay in Milwaukee. So I agree with that as well. But don't let's not act like he's not making any money. Let's go to Kevin. Kevin, welcome to the program, The Bill Michael Show. Kevin, what's going on today, buddy? Uh, good morning, Bill. How are you? 
I'm doing great, man. What are you thinking? Well, you know, I'm going to take, take a little bit different perspective on this just because of past experiences and, and um, it just kind of my – I just actually just hate my experience. I really truly think that he will eventually get back to the MVP form. I really do. Look at the type of damage he did to that knee. And when it comes mm-hmm. to hitting a baseball, when it even comes to hitting a golf ball, what takes the most torque? It's right. in your knees and hips. Knees so and he's trying to, hips, I mean, yeah. if I would love to take a look, I mean, if I had the ability to look at pictures of what he was at his MVP form on a swing to what it is like at now, and I, I almost can bet it's a lot different, and it's not a power swing. It's going to be more they of a base, base hit. The exit velocity is still good. It's just that he's not hitting with the tra- uh, the trajectory that he was hitting with. His launch angle isn't the same. It's more dead on than it is lifting the lifting the baseball. And I, don't, and I think I mean, like I said, this is my opinion. I think he doesn't want to, you know, torque. I mean, that, that's a lot of torque on your knees, and yep. especially the way he he swung, he swings the bat. And I think that has hindered him, but now he's starting to learn how to deal with it better. You start, you know, he, he doesn't have the pressure of being in the third spot. He's in that pressure of, you know, it's get on base. So I'm going to get on base any way I can. If it's going to be a bunk or if it's going to be a base hit, I mean, he's at that point where he's not going to be that power guy for him anymore. Right. And make him the leadoff guy and let him make his money there. You know, let you know, let him be the guy to lead off the game and and and, play, and, and, and eventually, you know, occasionally get that. Um, lead off home run, you know, and still get that mm-hmm. 20, 25 home runs a game, yeah, a year. Right. But I just think that, I mean, he's, he's still in the learning process. He's what, a year and a half out from that, that injury or maybe two years. And he's still in the process of trying to learn it without having to put so much torque on that, on that leg. So here's the here's the next question though. So let's just say he still gives you eighty plus RBIs. He gives you a batting average of say two seventy five, and maybe he only hits fifteen home runs. Is it still earning that contract? I think so. See, I do too. I do too. Now you you were kind of hoping he was going to give you forty home runs plus per year, and I understand that, but I don't think he would. I never thought he was going to do that. I thought he was more like a twenty-five to thirty guy, twenty-five to right. thirty-two type type. So if he doesn't give you those home runs, at least give me the on base percentage. At least give me the ability to to drive in runs and or score runs. Be a table setter for those who can hit home runs, and I'm good with that. As long as he's mm-hmm. getting on base and or driving in runs, I don't have a problem with that. Right. And, and I don't have a problem with that either. I think if he's if he's if he's getting on base and and, and you know and then he comes up and you know if it's uh, Peterson in, in, in the, the ninth spot and he gets on base and he moves him over with a bunt, I called that yesterday when I was I was sitting in the bar watching the game, and I mm-hmm. it's bunt him over. It, you know it's the three three game later in the game. It's bunt him over, get him in scoring position because you know how the Brewers are lately with trying to get people to score and base hits has been. You know, horrendous, and he still got left there on base, anyways. But yeah. it, it, it's—I mean, I, I, I think that that's—I think he needs to do that more. And I know you said something about a question um, the last hour about you know why why aren't we doing this more often? And I, and I think you and I have talked about this before: is the analytics has killed baseball. You're right. 
Absolutely, because you, you're not going to see the guys like Rose. Like I, I go back through those guys that were just get on base guys, high percentage guys with on base percentage, and and guys that would get on any way they possibly could. You don't see that anymore. You just see more right. so because analytics will tell you the grip and rip it style is better. Right, and I, I wish we had more coaches like that, Lou Brown, and, and Major League that. When Dory come up right. with a contract, what do he do? He he dropped it on the ground and peed on it. I think we need to have more coaches like that. It's going to say, all right, granted, you're you're a home run hitter. You're going to push the guy over to second base and give yeah. him a chance to score. You know, I I, I don't know if I'm going to see Craig Council at any point in time drop his drawers and pee on a contract. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I I would I would you know in the right circumstance I could see it. Okay, I can go that direction. Right. He was a scrappy guy. I can go with that. So all right, man, appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Thanks, Kevin. Talk to you soon. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-16. Christian Yelich, the discussion yesterday became uh, prevalent over on Twitter uh, as to whether or not Christian Yelich was the bust of a contract and an albatross around the organization's neck or that he's starting to hit the baseball and returns form rate returns more to the form of the MVP. And this contract becomes extremely valuable to the Brewers. Which way do you think this thing is and or it will go? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Again, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the Sunset Grill. Sunset Grill in Pewaukee, and the uh, the uh, the docks are open. I don't know what they're doing for 4th of July. I had a couple of people ask me, are they going to be um, – I would assume that you just go there, get a table, sit out on the deck, and maybe bring your boat over, dock it. And look up, watch the fireworks for the 4th of July, but a great place to go. And they have a huge musical lineup coming over the next couple of weeks. Check out Sunset Grill uh, Pewaukee on Facebook as well. Stop in and tell Trish and the gang uh, hello. And they have got some really good new dishes. And their pizza is really good, too. Thin crust, crispy, mm, good pizza over there at Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Tell them we said hi. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show continues on. Hopefully uh, you're enjoying your day. I certainly appreciate it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, just kind of sitting here discussing. Uh, discuss, well, if you haven't heard already, uh, by the way, the uh, USC and, in addition to that, USC and US or uh, UCLA have both said, uh, hey, we're coming. Coming to the Big Ten, what is this going to mean in, say, 10 years for not only the Big Ten, but for college football in general? What is that going to mean? What is that going to mean? 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Hopefully you're enjoying yourself. But thinking about it, football continues to grow the big 10 continues to grow and there's only going to be a handful of teams now uh i shouldn't say a handful but there's going to be maybe 50 
50 teams, they're all going to uh, just blow everybody else out. They're going to take it uh, on the road. They're going to be their own entity. They're going to control their own money. And there's going to be the haves and have-nots. And it is going to not just be a small chasm. It is going to be the Grand Canyon of money. If you're not on the in, you're on the outs. And you're scrambling for dollars. What do you think that does to the scheduling, Ben? Think about that for a minute. Well, for football, it's doable. We see teams travel a lot. For the sports that I don't understand is, how the hell is Rutgers going to play a Thursday night soccer game at UCLA? Right. Those are It's the cross-country midweek flights that I don't get. For football, I mean, it's already on such a pedestal that they fly private. They have it all figured out, right? They, like... It's classes already put on the side burner for stuff like that. But for the other sports that are not college football and even basketball, I don't know how that works. I don't know. I I mean, that's like crazy. That's crazy. uh, It is getting. Boy, there's a lot to to you know mash out all of this i can, let's see if we can't get chris mcintosh on the air with us at some point just to talk a little bit about this i not that you're going to get all the insight but at least you can kind of ask the what ifs but yeah that's a that's going to be uh boy that's gonna be crazy because yeah you're right just think about that when they do and think about basketball games you know, think about basketball games. If you have UCLA and USC in the Big Ten, think about that on a, like, like you said, think about playing on a Sunday and then turning around and playing on a Thursday. Say you play on a Sunday, you know, say you play Rutgers. You fly back either Sunday night or Saturday night, get back on Sunday morning early, you turn around in two days and say you got to jet off to UCLA or take on USC, one of the two on the road. Scheduling gods are going to have to be real friendly to you. And then you think about the opposite side of the spectrum. Think about UCLA and USC. Every road game is to the Midwest or beyond. Right? I'm just thinking of this. I was watching the Big Ten Network, and you know how the Big Ten Network takes the commercials and they show the Big Ten, and then it, it's kind of like a little overview of these little claymation pop-up, you know, logos in the different states and cities. You know how it goes? It starts in, like, Minnesota, and then it'll go to Iowa, and then it pops up in Wisconsin and pops up in Illinois, and then goes down to Ohio and pops back up in Michigan, and then Pennsylvania, and then it kind of goes over to, to Maryland and Rutgers and such. Think about that. It starts now on the West Coast. Two, you know, like Alaska-type teams. Oh, yeah, by the way, we got these two out here, and it, and it flies over every other portion of the United States to get back in to the Midwest. Man, that's a that's a, that's a long road to hoe, man. It's going to mean a lot of traveling, no doubt. I just cannot stop thinking about Chip Kelly in a big winter coat bringing his fast and warm-weather UCLA team that – you know, isn't great up front to Wisconsin mm-hmm. while it's snowing and watching yeah. how hilarious that will become. Yep. I agree with that, too. Plus, Chip Kelly kind of looks like a peanut. Also, here's another thing to think about. What does that do to Notre Dame football? 
right? Does Notre Dame just go to all these big schools in all these big conferences and try to play them? Do they stay independent or do they have to jump for the cash grab? What will Notre Dame end up doing? Because your independence in football, Notre Dame, BYU, uh, Army, Liberty, I'm trying to think, there's there's a couple other. There's some small schools. I think UConn is an independent now at, the, at this point, too. BYU used remember. to, but now they are going to the Big 12 when that expands. Oh, that's right. That's right. They're going to the Big 12. Them in Cincinnati, because that's the exodus of Texas and Oklahoma. But what does that do to Notre Dame? Man. Um, Tam says, what about a neutral field being Nebraska? No. No, you, you, no, you're, you're coming into the Big Ten. You're playing Big Ten crowds. No neutral fields in college, college athletics until you get to tournaments. Ain't happening. I mean, USC and UCLA football wise have to be hurt on the field by this more than anybody, right? Like, right. yeah, assume. Wisconsin going to USC, it's not going to go well, but that's going to be a good team anyway. Yet, when you have those schools come in, one, they might have to travel all the way to Rutgers, but when they go in and play in the cold weather, I feel like that hurts more than a Big Ten team going out there. Like, the travel is right. insane. Right. I would agree. Also, big noon kickoff is going to be 9 a.m. local time <laughs> games, which I cannot right. wait. Right. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This is awesome, by the way. I'm uh, having so yeah, much fun. Right? Uh, Carrie says an independent guy says uh, that they will, or an Indiana guy says they will stay independent. I can't see a change. I I can't either. But here's my point regarding Notre Dame. When you're talking the money that's now being thrown around, Notre Dame used to stand on its own because they had their own network. They were being paid by NBC. So it was the Notre Dame, you know, broadcasting company. That's the way people kind of looked at it. But now there's so much money being doled out to these conferences. Would the money then be attractive enough for Notre Dame to say, oh, okay, we're joining a conference? You know what I mean? Would that then go in that particular direction? Would they just say, you know what? There's so much money to be made. We can make more of it with a collective group rather than our amount on our own. It, it, it's when each school in those big conferences are getting those big contracts are getting more money than Notre Dame. Does that give Notre Dame more firepower to go back to NBC to say, pay us more? Or does it say, you know what, we'll be just because Notre Dame's got standalone games. They're on every week. They get that. So they're always featured as opposed to not being featured on Fox or ABC or whatever consistently and then having to go to the Big Ten Network. But where Notre Dame will get benefit will be Notre Dame basketball, Notre Dame volleyball, Notre Dame hockey, you know, because those games also will be on the Big Ten Network or whatever conference they happen to go to. You get more money and more exposure for those other programs along the way. Notre Dame right now just has the deal for 
Notre Dame football as being an independent. Everything else, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, they're in the Big East. Notre Dame hockey is in the Big Ten. Big, okay. And so Notre Dame basketball is in the ACC. Is in the ACC. It's I, very confusing. I, right. It, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Good idea. Do you like the, put it this way? I don't even ask this question. Do you like the direction this is going? Think about it in the grand scheme of things. Do you like the direction this is going? USC, UCLA coming over to the Big Ten. That announcement made today with all the changes, everything that's going on. Do you like the direction that this is going? Because they're all garnering their own power. They're all garnering more money. They're eventually going to blow out the NCAA and all their goofy rules and regulations and restrictions. The NIL deals are all now becoming unbelievably popular. We're not talking about giving kids stipends anymore for a little bit of uh, money at school. We're talking about full-blown, they're getting paid to play. They're no longer hiding it. This the, the, the Pandora's box is now open. You're going to never, ever, ever again stuff the blank back into the horse. Kids are always going to be paid to go to college. Think about that now. That's the state we live in. So do you like the direction this is going? Or are you thinking this is... Some people don't like change, and I understand that. Change is, you know, human instinct is not to change. If you're comfortable with something, if something is good, if it's flowing, if you like what your your status is, don't change. Nobody wants to change, Okay. But, but the direction this is going, the money that's being doled out, do you like what's happening right now? And we'll start with college football and then trickle down from there. 877-867-1670. Ben, do you? Do you I mean, like what the direction this is going? College football in general, I don't love it because a sport that was once so regional and so integral in so many places, is now national and profit-driven. This exact move, I think, is the continuation of what we've seen. So I don't mm-hmm. think this specific thing is bringing me to a point of, I hate where this is going. I, I think it's inevitable at this point, and it's been inevitable for a while, given how things have trended. So overall, this is going to hurt the smaller guys. You know, like It's going to be a sport that's entertaining, going to be a sport where uh, nationally the programs at the top will stay at the top and it'll be awesome to watch Wisconsin probably fits into that mold uh, for these purposes it's going to hurt the little guys overall in terms of pure entertainment value I do like it but I am a little bit sad that you know college football as we as we knew it uh, the regional sport where the conference titles meant a lot like that's all gone Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I don't have a problem with it. I think what we've lost is that that level of history, like you've stated. Uh, some of the rivalries have tr- they've tried to maintain them. They don't have the same meaning as they once used to. Um, but they weren't rivalries before they were rivalries. So maybe new things come of it. I like the change from the Brewers when they went over to the uh, National League from the American League, but. We love hating on the Cubs. We love hating on the Cardinals. We love the division, the way things have kind of panned out in Major League Baseball, the advent of the extra wild card, all that kind of stuff. I I like it. We hated it at the time, but I like what's gone on. Didn't like interleague play. We're excited about interleague play. Now we don't like interleague play. Now it's all basically universal. So 
things have morphed over the last 20 years in a, in a major way. And we just kind of sat by and went, oh, we hate it. But then it becomes part of the norm. And we're like, okay with it. Yeah, okay, I'm good with this. So it went from being a championship that was voted upon to a championship that was voted upon. And then you had to add in the statistics and the RPI and all that kind of stuff. And you had to put all that together, which became this numerical bowl championship system. And then we ended up with a 14 playoff. We're pushing for an 8 and a 12 and a 16 team playoff and a tournament for football. And we didn't seem to mind. It continues to grow. It continues to morph. We're going to hate it in the beginning. It's going to pan out. And we're going to go, okay. And then they're going to take care of the kinks along the way. And that's kind of the way things are. So I'm, I'm not fighting it. I'll tell you that. Not fighting it. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Big news coming out of the world of the Big Ten today. USC, UCLA coming on over. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.